Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. And oh, I forgot to do like names of people. Like, uh, uh, uh. I, I meant to be like Tommy, the bike rider extraordinaire, Seth, oh. data magnificent Seth, and Mike. I don't know what I don't know. Data Mike and Data Mike, I guess. Well, we got one, one down, I guess. <laughs> one, one relevant to the podcast, Mikey, which has nothing to do with the podcast. Data Mike, yeah, yeah Mike. Cool, but yeah, yeah, since you got here, right? One of those guys so, from the uh, what, what is a the, the Tommy gun? You know, running around in the old, the old classic cars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Happy Tuesday, gentlemen. That it's it is. One. It is another oh. Happy Tuesday. We are just cruising through here. And for Greg, super califragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> that's that's your super <laughs> super secret be, password. No, it must be Snuffleupagus today or something. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, this is this is not a real episode. This has been pre-recorded. So Ooh. sorry, Greg. Who? Uh, we we are traveling. We are moving all over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Catch this one on the recording. So sorry to make you get up early. <laughs> not. Anyway. So we're we're jumping back in again. We're going to go do another topic around uh, these articles we found. Tommy found this article, uh, The Future of Business Intelligence, or uh, Wave 1 of Business Intelligence is Dead, basically. And now we're on to Article 2 of this one uh, from the Super Data blog, which has been a really interesting, fun. Ryan Doley has been doing a great job of just kind of presenting some neat ideas and interesting uh, concepts around here as the, as the generations of BI and data are evolving here. So... If Let's jump in, into his yeah. next article, part two. We, oh, sorry, we, Seth. You, and you already teed this up. We already did the part one in last Tuesday's Correct. episode. Um, where there were some great ideas. I it, it I think uh, in a lot of our conversations, we hadn't talked about like the leap from paper into reporting and just like how big of a deal that was for yeah. performance and reporting. Like so, I thought really some really solid things we uh, we leapt off on on that article. We may may agree a little less here, but I think we'll have more like conversation around as we move into like what is the next generation of things look like. Um, it, it's an interesting read, and I like some of his ideas. We Oops, may have different opinions out. on it. <laughs> well, what was the big idea with two hundred six? And I think let's kind of let's tee it up a little. Where what did we talk about on Tuesday? on episode 206, which was really the end of the second era or the second age of analytics. Yeah, I think it, it kind of, it basically talked through like, hey, we used to do paper-based reporting. We then moved into these data systems. IT got in place. Big centralized data big, systems. Big, yeah, big centralized systems, SQL servers, the like. We start hiring, you know, analytics developers, database managers. They manage the database. Great. Now we have this central thing that's now centralized. Now what we're looking at is in wave two, we start seeing like the workarounds occurring, right? Everyone's in Excel and now we're starting to use things like, you know, Power BI that can do its own modeling without the need of IT involvement. Uh, and so wave two kind of starts alluding to this, um, you know, maybe decentralization of that same, whoa, sound, sounds a lot like the, the uh, to get not too political here, but it sounds like a lot of this talk that you're hearing in, in the crypto markets, like, Oh, don't centralize everything. That's decentralized evil. market. Decentralize yeah. your data. So what Power BI is the Bitcoin of Power BI is the Bitcoin. Power BI is the Bitcoin of data. <laughs> I like that yeah. better than Power BI being the PowerPoint of data. That's for, that's for sure. 
but in 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 that he was saying you know tableau was the front runner power bi right. is obviously taking over that spot and running with that's the true too which is yes a- analytics by the analyst right and i think his thing was wave two wave two bi tools are the world's most efficient insight delivery truck right like yes it's in the analyst's hands and he points out i think some of the things that we've struggled with and challenged which is you know we are pushed and pulled now because we have systems we have centralized bi in a lot of cases but now businesses also has those capabilities right and you're mm-hmm. kind of running roughshod and like what does that mean and this this article i think starts to dive into um you know the the next phase of things uh or or wave three right like how how what is the next set of tools have to do or problems it has to solve and some of those resonate and and others we'll we'll talk through well what one of one of the more intriguing things is the metaphor for the second age was supply chain yes and you think about how we dealt with amazon right on yeah and we think about when we've dealt with power bi in the past it was this like churn and burn where you're taking and running taking and running basically with because we had all this access to data and in a way we never had before and we could also create reports faster and more efficiently than ever before yes literally created this almost restaurant style like a chipotle style creating it comes it becomes a commodity yeah right yeah it's just it data data has become a commodity to some degree and i think we're realizing now and that maybe that's not the best approach to bi Mm. well it's a different set of challenges i would agree with that state i I wouldn't say it's not the maybe yeah i think your statement is a bit strong for my tastes i think it may be there are other challenges we're now facing (laughs) maybe there's other challenges we're now seeing now in this new world of like okay now we've got a proliferation of reporting all this analysis services i mean someone's gonna have to start saying we're going to start pulling the purse strings back. Like we're going to start cap, you know, not spending, let's, you know, we're not just going to spin up another P1. (laughs) Let's go. Oh, we're out of room. All right. Let's spin up another P1. We need more data. Like that's just not going to, someone's going to have to be saying like, let's really optimize and like figure out what's valuable here and what's not. So to tee up this article, right. I I think we're in the second article. I think we're on a first name basis. So Ryan, (laughs) Ryan, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, feel free to reach out and slaughter, you know, like uh, <laughs> chime in and tell me I'm an idiot. But uh, <laughs> essentially, you know, the premise of this article is, is he uses a metaphor um, for the future of business intelligence and he calls it the data tree. So in your mind, because this is what I, we need. We need lakes, we need, trees, <laughs> no, no, we and need data trees. supply chains. Oh, we have lakes. We had lake houses. Now, yep. now we have a lake we house. trees. Yep. We need trees. We need a nice lawn. You yep. know, like so. <laughs> this this also reminds right. me of Marco Russo's article that he put out, like, kind of like a little bit of tongue in cheek. Like we need like a data river, and we need like a data pond, <laughs> yeah. and we need Where's like the data, the data ocean, ocean and yeah. the data beach, and the da- right. and the data sand. Like the, called the data swamp. Well, we we've already talked about the swamp. Right? <laughs> we already talked about data swamps. Yeah, and 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 Tommy's data pond is is in there too. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 in your mind's eye, you know, think of a tree. The yep. roots, the roots of the tree. He's calling the source systems. Mm-hmm. The the trunk is centralized platform and metrics. And then, as we look holistically around the tree itself, on the left you would have data apps, dashboards, ML models, department, 
domains, etc. So like as it grows out, the like the it stretches more towards the insights that are impacting the business, which I think he calls like the sun being the insights, right? And the metaphor here and how he like uh, describes this going forward is, you know, your root being the source systems that there's this flow out from core, right? Mm -hmm. Core data and systems into the branches, but at the same time, and this is where the article I think is going to get interesting because we talk about this problem and challenge, the nutrients from these insights in the sun has to flow back in through the tree to keep growth and um, Sustenance. Know, that 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 tree healthy, and I, I it, like t that that is a core problem. Uh, like hands down, it's something we talk about fundamentally. Um, Power BI and the Microsoft ecosystem, I think, being so close in many aspects. But when we're talking enterprise a lot, and then on the, the other hand, talking with business users and helping them, you know, build these new solutions, like. This entire time, I'm like, guys, you're doing the thing right here. And yeah. if we did, the, if there's a graduation story, right, like from the business to enterprise, and I think that's what he starts to address here, which is the same thing that we've kind of talked about in different ways. But I, I digress. Like, there's a lot more to the article, but this was just to describe. This is the metaphor we're talking about: phase three or wave three being the data tree. So I want to. I want to. I want to refine something that I also picked up from his analogy here that I would like to add to what your description was. I think your description was amazing, by the way. You could only, the only thing we could have added there was a bit more of a silkier, smoother voice that went along with the description. The only, the Sorry. I would it's at the end of a day where I've <laughs> talked all day long. No, I'm just teasing you. The only thing I need to refine for those non Milwaukee people, the keyword was root. Root. Root, yes. Yeah. So who those were thrown off with rut? <laughs> Did I say rut? The rut? Yeah. Kind of. Well, we'll, we'll go back. We'll, we'll go back to this one. So, if you think about a tree, there's like those main branches that that branch off from the main trunk, right? You have the the core trunk that the bottom where the roots go into the ground, right? Then from there, you have like these large branches that eventually stem out to leaves. And I think the distinction I was seeing when I saw his analogy was his his domain areas, like a branch of the tree, was like, hey, this is HR. This is sales. This is finance, right? Each of these large, they're not a trunk, but they're a very thick branch. And then that branch serves a bunch of leaves, which eventually serves the leaves would be considered like the dashboards or those data apps or the ML models. Like these, these, you know, basically at the end of the, of the chain is the, the machine learning models or the dashboards or the, or the reports that are providing the insights. So that was one thing I gleaned from it as well. I kind of like the idea of this, this, departments and domains area representing like larger branches but not necessarily the leaves that are like the reports or insights that are coming out of the report pages so i, I like that too as well well I, the, the biggest part of this to me is something we've talked about more and more is the okrs invaluable metrics and i think we have some more lined up but like the roots here are like stones like grown on great soil way through requires an accurate foundation of clearly defined valuable metrics to me, this goes with the bloatedness. I think with we have a lot of reports, but not all of them have been clearly defined in terms of what are we really trying to measure, and is this what your department actually needs to measure? To me, this goes into what wave three is. Also, one of the things in the original article was less wide reports, or less we're going to be distributing more and more, and it's going to be more narrowly focused. 
And to me, there's a trend to this where we're going to be doing more narrow focus reporting rather than show me all the data, show me clearly defined measurable insights based on what this department or team is doing. And I, I would say like the, the one part of the analogy that I think falls apart here a little bit. So Tommy, you say the root system and like the source systems. Yeah. I mean, I initially, my initial thought is the roots are extracting data from like this rotten old, you know, uh, it's it's dirt that has been turned into dirt, right? I think of like the transactional system. This is like the system that no one wants to change. It's a system that continues to churn out data, but everything has to absorb information from it. So it's not not always yeah. the newest flashy thing because that's expensive to replace. Like I don't know. That's where my mind went when he said roots, yeah. and you, you're I'm like, yeah, it's extracting all this dirty data out of the ground. <laughs> well, it feeds the tree, man. Yeah, it feeds the tree. Exactly right. So getting into the next section is where I think some of the conversation will be. <laughs> Properties of the data tree, right? So if we extend, he, he basically says, if we extend this metaphor to the aspects of a BI tool, some properties of the ideal platform begins to emerge. Here, we'll, we'll get into balanced. There we a go. Data, a data tree that outgrows its roots simply falls over. In a strong wind, yeah. In a strong wind, right? <laughs> yeah, Wave right? three of business intelligence about balanced approach to insight generation and distribution. It is not focused on needless growth and does not derive its value from the sheer amount of charts created, but rather its veracity and total value. Added. There's Tommy's point. And yeah. I'm, like, I agree with that, but you say that, and it's like, if, if we're in a world of self-service where departments and users have access to all this information, how do you control that? I'm not saying you control it. I'm saying where the value is going to shine. I am not mm. saying you control it at all. Right. How, How do you compartmentalize the useless crap that people yeah. are building? Right. Like, yeah. 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 How do you, you highlight know? what's good and what's not good? I think it's a great point, but I think this is what happens in a lot of technologies, not just Power BI, where it's like, oh, look, we can do all the things. But what eventually happens is either people lose focus on the things that are unneed or, or um, unnecessary or unimportant where people like, we just need something that's valuable. And even if people are creating mm -hmm. things, it doesn't mean it's used right now. It's like, Oh, we have to have all the data all the time. And, but it's not used. And I think there's going to be a trend where it's like, you know what we need to, we don't want to waste our resources and our time on things that are just data and not actually driven by the business or KPIs that are driven. Yeah. That's true. You, know what's you know, what's interesting to me though is, um, and I think we were talking about it recently in one of our other episodes, which may or may not have been today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> depending, I don't know. Was it today this is our first one. <laughs> we, no, we, we were talking about where um, Microsoft invests their time mm -hmm. and, and dollars. Yep. Right? Yep. And, Mike, I think you made the point, which was a valid one, which is in enterprise spaces. This is when we were talking about uh, source control. Hmm? Um, it does it make sense for Microsoft to invest a bunch in source control if the use cases for source control right. are not uh, driving Monthly more active more users. sales or active right. users? Yeah, but but at the same time, then like if if you're saying, Tommy, that value is driven by usage. We would argue, or I, I would say, I would argue that in order to create a wave three or a balanced system where we are creating value to the business, 
then we should absolutely have something that would allow us to automatically deprecate or or disable or get rid of the noise within that ecosystem of things that aren't used anymore. But that flies in the face of something like usage and, and, and consumption right. of resources, especially in premium capacities, because you would want bloat. You would want it as much as possible because it would consume more resources and you would have to scale up or get smarter. Sure. Well, I would go a step further and think about your own, mm. the individual behavior, I think, uh, relates to an organization or, or a larger group of people. So when Power BI first came out, how big were your reports? Like, did you ever have scrollable report pages? No, no way. I, I You literally mm. built like a page or two. I was like, okay, starting out, we're going to just kind of slap in time? a couple of things. Like, that was probably it. Your ideas that Power BI, your ideas Power BI reports not scrollable at all. Well, I mean, I have some that are scrollable, oh, sure. but but like yeah. that was like <laughs> endless, endless scroll. Just put it all on the same page. Like, yeah. Or like yeah. when bookmarks I came do. out, that every, most reports. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I'm not. No, ashamed. and I'm I'm not saying anyone's ashamed <laughs> or it's a bad idea. My argument here is when the feature or tool came out. The mm -hmm. first thing most people did was implement that or try to do Oh, 100%. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, over time, the individual, this is not just power, this is just human behavior. Now, our reports are much more refined because we know what's valuable from a report point of view. You don't need seven pages. I'd also three. argue, too, we've we've like done a little bit more homework and studying on this topic, right? I mean, sure. I think in general, yeah. we've, we've also kind of like said, okay, you know, when I first built reports, I wasn't really thinking, oh man, I gotta, I can't wait to use some gestalt principles on right. this thing. Like I wasn't thinking like, oh, you know, shape and form that I should be really no, considering not, that or colors yeah. are, colors are important. It I was just like, Ooh, yeah. colors, <laughs> like, yeah. everything looked like it was puking a rainbow. Like I can that's make probably bar chart seven colors like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. it but, but, the baseball team. Yeah. but I'm also like, now that I'm more in tune with like this, right. this line of thinking, I'm actually listening to people like. Daniel Marsh Patrick and Carrie Colslow. Yeah. Like I'm listening to people who are in the space doing really nice designs. And I'm thinking, wow, that looked really good. And it didn't require a lot of extra data points or extra visualization pieces to make it look awesome. And I can see I'm I'm connecting more patterns of like, okay, I want this kind of insight. I need to build this kind of chart. Agreed. And my argument is from BI teams, organizations are finally getting more knowledge on what BI is supposed to do at organizations. And it's not build 40 reports at a time. It's probably to build five reports that align perfectly with that department or team on what their objectives and what success actually is. I think that's where the trend is. And to me, that's how I read this article is it's a much more narrow focus and everything we do has to serve a genuine purpose. And BI is finally becoming a true department at organizations. It's not uh, IT. I, I would say I would say it has been like mm. us in the last five years are not creating some system of like called business intelligence. We're walking into things that have been here for twenty years, dude. <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Like, I got this great idea. It's called business intelligence. Yeah, let's got, build it. Let's, let's launch it. Let's You're launch here, the it. The podcast it came, first name. It came. It came along with Power BI. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys noticed this. <laughs> what does BI even stand for? Actually, in so, Power BI. So, like, I you had me, Tommy, and then. You lost me. Okay, right? erase I, the last I, part and then keep it, disagree. Okay, with the first okay. part. <laughs> I, I do like this thought though that, um, our is business intelligence, uh, 
thought of holistically across departments when making decisions about what's valuable. And and I would argue no, but I also argued this article is not supporting that because mm. there's a bunch of different branches. It all comes back to a sort, well, maybe trunk offshoots, right? Like if you're if you're pushing data back into a system or out to these branches, yeah, I get I, I don't know, I'm lost. Anyway, I agree and I don't to some <laughs> where we're at. Balanced. Good. Next next topic. Circul circulatory. Whoa. You with me now? I'm with you. This one also goes with what I said. You can read this if, one. If sap flows in only one direction, the data tree dies. Okay, I have thoughts wave, on this one. Which, which is, if we think about it, like the wave one, the, like you only get the data from one mm -hmm. area. It just goes to the business. So he's arguing wave three cannot sustain that anymore. It has to go backwards into source systems in some way, shape, or form. Wave three must support bi-directional interaction with decision makers and downstream systems to create feedback loops to drive growth and change. This must be built into the DNA of the tool. So my first thought of listening to this circulatory piece of this is thinking about, okay, we build models, we build thin reports. There needs to be some feedback loop to what was created in that thin report. And again, I'm thinking very, very narrow here, but there's probably more use cases around this, but like what's in that thin report and what needs to be moved into a central model. So we're not reduplicating things over and over again. Another thing that I'm thinking about here as well is thinking about, okay, if I have this data model, how do I know who's using that data model? Like I, I can physically see that there are five or six reports off of that. But what we really need to know is who's using what, like there's no, there's nothing today where I can go in and say, let's look at this thin report and trace all the columns and used pieces of visuals from you know five or six thin reports all the way back into the model. So I'm constantly trying to find tools or systems that are helping me. Like, how do I better look at a model that I've built and see the consumption of that model through the queries that are hitting it, either MDX through analyzing Excel or the thin reports that are there? Because I want to funnel back to that model. The model's going to have to improve. I've got to do things to change it. I want to delete things that are not needed anymore. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Like there's, there's not a good mechanism to do that. Now that's probably not where your head was going with circulatory Seth. I think you were going somewhere else. That's where mine, that's where my mind went. That's a good thought. It is a good thought. Um, but I don't think that's I where you were think, thinking. But I still think, think it, I think it starts with this concept of a centralized something, right? Where, where are like, where I see this biggest challenge is we have tools that are open to business units and they're building their own models. And we've talked about this in terms of like, somebody builds something and it gains popularity and reputation. So either it's it's strategic in value or the audience is really big. And we talk about how do we, how do we make, how do we fit that model and report into enterprise systems that have SLAs, that have governance around them, that have all the things that we as BI teams know have value how do you graduate that, right? What is that path to okay. like getting I can see that part centralized, of like getting yep. all of these reports with all of their different models somehow hooked into a greater, more valuable, balanced ecosystem? And I think that's the largest problem that we 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 have and we've talked about is and there well, is none. I think we're going to have more of a problem too. Um, Mike, this made me think of the roadmap feature with data flows where you're actually going to be able to write oh, Don't back. even get me started. Data marts and like, yeah. like we're building independent siloed 
you know, things of data There's and, and how does that fit into like, uh, whether it's your to, yeah. customers or like, mm -hmm. like lakes of information, large volumes of big data that you can't just throw in a model, right? Like right. more and more companies have large volumes of, of data that you have to be strategic with. You have to consolidate. Like you can't have these one-off things eventually that just sit out here without some sort of feedback with centralized teams. Like Tommy's making a point of, we need to be more strategic with you know business intelligence and the value of certain reports within an organization. Where's the organization to all of this? We've had the problem with people creating data models and reports kind of west, wild west. I think we're about to get this disruption now with the second system of databases because one of the big roadmap features for Microsoft right now is the ability to write back to data flows because they're in the Azure data lake. Uh, and I think that's that's a huge disruption to what we do, especially what they have planned for data marts. We may all of a sudden catch up with the amount of reports or and the amount of models because we're creating much more streamlined reports. But we're going to have this whole other issue coming up where people are creating data lakes or um, uh, data flows and data marts that people can write back to yeah. that is going to be ill-defined what is the central source of truth. Because... What was the first disruption? It was a data model or a tabular model that anyone can create. We're almost getting to this next point where anyone can create a database. Or yeah. it's built off. You're of you're like, yeah, right. That that's a that's a very strong point because essentially, did we just exacerbate the problem exponentially because we're giving <laughs> yeah. we're giving business users even more, even larger ways to make giant silos of data within an organization and that could be written back to well then there's right like it's a complete silo like i'm going to create my own thing and it's going to live over here well I, are you guys talking about the idea of like so another scenario that i'm thinking around with this like circulatory piece right as well right as data comes from the central system out to the branches to, to where people are consuming it there is there's always a, a data quality problem there's always, you know, master data that's not right. There's always things that need to be adjusted. And, oh, I don't want to report that way. Or Bob moved this department or this this thing changed this. There's all these things that are at the, once the data comes out from the center of the tree to the, to the reporting, there's this concept of, I see what you're trying to tell me, Mr. Data People, BI team, whatever. I don't understand or agree with it. And I need to adjust it by inputting this new round of data. And that's the circle. So there's, there's like literally a feedback loop from, the outflow of the report back into a central system where I can then inject, this is how we're going to redo our regions. This is this is how the hierarchy of sales will work. This is how we're going to catalog and, and capture right. master data, right? It's a, it's a literally- Manage it. Yeah, you're right. managing data and you're now feeding that back into this. So if, you're, if you don't have a mechanism to feed that data back into the, the, the root system to then become part of another source to get a feedback through, I think you're in a, is that what you're kind of also saying too? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right, good. Let's move on. Next so, one. So next one. <laughs> because I don't want to think about <laughs> because that. Because I agree with, no, but I no, agree, I agree with, with you. Yeah. He, his argument is the properties of all this, yeah. have, like wave three, the mm -hmm. tooling has to be able to figure this out. And I agree yes. with him 100%. Branching. Mm -hmm. A data tree takes many branching paths. Sorry. Branching. 
A data tree takes many branching paths towards the sun. Wave three supports, I can't even move, supports many uses via the traditional BI experience, but also composable. Oh, I hate this word composable. Embeddable <laughs> components. So API first integration points and flexible presentation layers to do more than churn out dashboards. It enables individual departments to grow at their own pace and direction. Thoughts. Well, first I need to know why compose why Mike has such a <laughs> composable. Like like you can take pieces and stitch them all together. Like I get the word composable, but like that's what we're already building. Like everything we have is composable. Like to add another language piece around composable, like I had a I had someone talking to me about like, well, we need a, we need a new architecture. I'm building things on Databricks and got all this stuff. We're sticking stuff together. We need more of a composable architecture. What does that even mean, guys? Like you have to build all this stuff from scratch anyways. Like using a tool like DBT or Databricks or Synapse or whatever your tool is, the whole thing is being composed as you build it. So I, I just feel like it's such a, like a wasteful term. Like I get it. You're trying to say we need, I don't know. I think I feel like it's a buzzword that I'm just not resonating with. So I don't really like this whole composable, but I do understand the concept of embedded components. And I do think there's some value there where Microsoft is, is, a, is a little bit of a weakness in this area because they can embed entire reports, paginated reports, but they're weak around embedding individual visuals. So if we're talking about, you know, hey, I wanted to embed a single visual easily for like, I don't know, whatever you're building, whatever app thing you're building, embedding those things easily. I think Microsoft has a lot of the mechanical pieces in place, but I think their API layer to make that easy for developers to use is not as simple as you would like it to be. Maybe for developers, but I think this goes exactly in line with the the pros of the circulatory side of things, where we are getting data in more places than ever before, and it's easier than ever before with easily embedding a report in Teams, embedding it in other systems. But more importantly, the pros of that data mart and the data flows is that departments can, in a sense, own it and also be able to do things with it. Think of Viva Goals right now, the integration with Power BI. If you want to create your scorecard with Viva Goals, it is dead simple. And I think there is this other layer, Not, I'm not saying it's completely perfect yet, by no means, but I think Microsoft's doing a great job from the business side of being able to have teams and departments not worry about the API and setting it up and being able to easily integrate that in Teams source systems or in their technologies. I can't tell whether this is specific to like Interesting way to, embeddable to... components of visualization mm. or data. Yeah. Like the API first integration points and flexible presentation layers. I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, but we already have a like, so API first integrations, right? I think every business, no matter what you are in the future, has to have an API layer. That's just going to be have to be a given. But I would also argue Power BI already has a lot of that built out because you can already yeah. write queries against an API. There's a whole bunch of APIs you can do to manipulate, move things around, copy up and down reports, all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of surface area that I already get a lot of value from refreshing data sets, yeah. partition I, replacement, like all that's I feel like a lot of is, APIs there is, already. Right. But at the same time, like it, it, it's easy to flip out API first integration, but the reality is it's like it, it's not going to work. It's still not going to work in big data. Right. right. So it's like, okay, I get API, but when's the last time you guys like hit a roadblock in a connection problem? 
Like I couldn't get at the data. I, for, in large part, I, mm. I feel Microsoft's done a pretty good job of like covering the bases and I haven't had any problems of connecting or uh, at least somebody having figured out how to go right. connect to different sources of information. And yeah, some of those are, a, are API driven. So maybe that's what it's meant, right? Uh, our accessible systems should have API layers that allow us to extract data from them. And I would agree with that. Yeah, maybe not from the visual point of view, but think about they now have visual code extension, visual studio code extension for creating a Power BI, uh, Query custom connector. If you're using Power Apps or Power Automate, uh, easily create a custom connector is dead simple. All you need is either uh, you can use a Postman collection or a Swagger file, and you have a connector for your company. Mm. So from uh, easily integrating from the business side of things, you really don't need a lot to start up with. Now, yeah. Now, if we flip this on its head and before and yeah. say composable and embedded visual components, it's completely and I agree with Mike, yeah. like, there's a lot to be said about it's a week re reducing, it's a week. reducing, exciting. reducing the barriers for complexity of, of allowing applications or other tools to embed visualizations from, from yeah. within or without that framework. Now, what I would say if I'm if I'm reading this one a little bit here too, API like so I don't really feel like API first integration makes each business unit grow at their own pace. I don't really see how that's working very well in my mind yet. Mm -hmm. However, what I would say is there's a weakness inside Power Query M and particularly data flows online. There's this whole thing around I need to get a token to talk to an API. And right now, Power BI nor Microsoft has figured out how to securely solve this. And I think this should be dead simple in my mind. The, the Power Query M team should figure that out immediately, right? Get, get in, get in, uh, get a, the ability to hit any API, make, make a custom connector. I don't even care how you do it. Like make a custom connector that allows me to securely store a secret name and password First, make the token call to get the token that I need with the parameters that I want, then use said token to call a subsequent API. This is by far probably the most time or effort I see people spending around API calling. Because you can go build a custom connector, but like now you have to have all these custom connectors, right? If you solve that one problem where you just said, let's just solve this get token hit API problem with one data flow, I think you... It, you now everything's open. Like you don't need to build any custom APIs. You don't need any custom yeah. connectors for that matter. It all we're, just works. We're working on a V3 solution for the scanner API using data flows. Actually, the one out right now is a V2. The first one is only there to create the return the token. There you go. It, but again, like all the time, like either you build a custom connector that connects to right. the APIs that you need Power BI to talk to, or you do this really complex, like I'm going to build this other entire data flow just to go get the token that I can then use in a subsequent data flow to do other thing else I want Which is or whatever. Because they have solved this with uh, Power Apps, Power Automate connectors. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> like, hey, teams, talk to each other, hey, please. Teams talk to each other. Yeah, right. Like, figure this out. So I, I, I don't. I, I, anyways, I, that's where I feel like this one's going. I'm like, that that would be could be better. What before we keep going, one thing that I'm not I feel like a large lack right now is it's really focused purely on the technology. And this is more of a comment. And really, we have not talked about people or process at all. And I'm thinking of the governance layer here that we've kind of 
breached on. And I, I'm finding this very, um, I don't want to say concerning, but I think this is kind of like a large gap, at least in the, the only part I'm seeing in the article right now is we're, this is all focused technology. None yeah, focused on the people. And yeah, the but skill. dude, that, what a box of worms. Like, I'm sure he wants yeah. a three series article, not a 30 <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, true. Probably true. <laughs> next, Anyways. next property. All right, next property. Rooted. Ro rooted. Just rutted. as a data tree grows. I didn't say rutted. I know, but I'm I'm just having fun now. <laughs> Go back and listen to the first time he said it. I'm just, I'll bet you steak. <laughs> but continue, continue. I'm, I'm going to drink some water. So. Tommy's getting the evil eye from Seth. <laughs> when you're right, call me. I'm here. I'll send you my <laughs> Tommy is right about a lot Tommy. of things. I will, I will admit, I've lost more bets to Tommy than most people, most other people I know. Uh, all right. Rooted. Rooted. Just as a data tree grows best in great soil, wave three requires an accurate foundation of clearly defined valuable metrics that can feed any upstream process, whether it's traditional BI, AI, ML, or analytical operational apps. These metrics are the foundation of balanced self-service. What do you feel about this one? It frustrates me to some degree because, like, how th this implies that I have centralized standard metrics that the business is using, and that's just not hundred percent, dude. <laughs> that's exactly like we don't know what we're looking for. We don't have like this is not always very clearly defined. And I mean, I feel like these are just a lot of really good words. This unless, is very to me. This feels unless, very wishful thinking. But, but, it, but unless, this, right? unless this somehow is saying like, hey, this tool also has to figure out how we manage all this data and then create these things. But that, like, you can't have source systems or source, like, just this random hodgepodge of source and then say that it's rooted in clearly defined valuable metrics unless you're standardizing that across an organization. But these 100%. business units aren't doing that. So how... So, okay, so hypothetically in wave three, right, we take Tommy's 10 episodes of frustration around his previous work of like a department not being able to communicate to another department. And then you consolidate all, all of the departments of a company, right, and all get them in the same room to decide which metrics are valuable and accurate within the organization. And this You're going to have thousands of KPIs. Like, like, who is spending that kind of time? Who's measuring that? Who's talking about that stuff? You're not. What What does that require? It requires centralization and the organization to say, all you teams need to centralize and get in a room and figure this stuff out. And nobody is using any other data except for the stuff that we're going to build through here because there's such a problem with proliferation of different metrics being called the same thing. And Yeah. And so first, how, like, yeah. how is a tool going to own that? Yeah. The only thing you said wrong was it was only 10 episodes that I've said this way more. <laughs> no, but this is, this is a huge part. I mean, one or departments have a problem defining, right? Like what to measure. And then I think the other part of that other problem is they don't know what to measure and more or less how to. So they're, even if they have metrics that they're measuring, right? One, is it actually measurable? Where they say, oh, we're looking at sales and our advertising budget. Well, what, what are we measuring here? Like, how can we actually measure this on a normal, flexible basis? And and 
they're or they're measuring like things like volume when they're looking at thousands and thousands of data points. Like you need to look at a rate. You need to look at a ratio because 1500 compared to 1501 does not matter and does not move the needle for you. It, and I think we're comp departments do not have someone helping them calibrate what to measure. And that's the biggest issue. And now we're just leading into more key insights where departments are, don't have that um, in a sense a, a rule stick of how does that align with the organization? To me, it's, it's about, they don't know how to measure more or less what to measure. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree on this one as well. Like, it's it's hard to say. There's a lot of effort to centralize things, but then everyone's going to have their own opinion on how they want to spin the metrics mm -hmm. or spin the calculations for their department to make their their place look the best, right? To, like, yeah, you can define some very basic things, but I think the, the more you try to make it self-service, the more you're going wind to up, wind up with a variety of things. Just, you so, just will. So, like, I, I think of all the properties so far... It's this one's the weakest for me. Like, no, not not weakest. I would say it it definitely raises the ire right away, which is probably why he talks about it at length, which he is suggesting that there's an open system. Like this tool has to solve that fundamental problem that you're having creators across an organization building all of this stuff. And then you're somehow like pulling that into what he's calling, I think, a circulatory system of data where you'd have to like start to have conversations around what you're seeing being built in these systems and then somehow fix it right because you're you're like the only alternative to like what we have right now in wave 2 is you're rebuilding things and then mm. you're putting people on decentralized storage systems and that is a path it is absolutely something that would be like okay well you know based on our business intelligence you know know-how and what we did from wave 1 and where we're at with wave 2 our path towards um, creating same same metrics and and clear insights throughout the organization is known in this this way. If the if the push here is to say our existing knowledge of how we deal with this data is just fundamentally wrong, and that we need a new system that would allow us to absorb all of these metrics and potentially plug in AI and say, hey, uh, you have you know, 500 models and, you know, 60 of them all have a sales metric that are different. You now have to consolidate that. And this is not like, and point me in the direction of where that data should come from. And somehow this system just self heals, mm -hmm. right? Like it would have to be something where you're like, you have this managed data store that you somehow like would be able to introduce the new calculation, just update things across the board. That'd be wild. But that's essentially what is being recommended. Like, how else do you do that without centralizing around, you know, a team or a system? I think it's elevating the BI. To me, it would be elevating the BI team to have more of a say and help calibrate what they're measuring rather I mean, than. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's also like it's not just the BI team. Business no. intelligence is like typically the the models and reporting you're talking about like data engineering data architecture like depending no. on how large the organization is no i'm saying uh, add back the intelligence to the business intelligence side of things where <laughs> we have none right now is what you're saying <laughs> is that what you're well, implying i don't yeah, know yeah well i'm saying add a, but i'm saying from what a department thinks like apartment thinks we're just 
building reports and where the visual side you do mm -hmm. models provide me the data not help guide me on what i'm looking at and what should i be looking at uh, i don't then mm, i don't know if i agree with that i, I don't think we're, we're defining everything and we're reporting back what they're doing wrong but i think they i think we to me i think it should be one of the skill sets or at least gro growing is where marketing saying we're looking at x y and z or sales is we're doing this and we help just calibrate and we create metrics or we can help define a few Jesus, do you know how big a bi team would have to be in order to like be integrated into every different business well, unit like we're talking about user and I get it. a lot of our wave a lot of our wave two that. tools are self-service right you're, you're i mean like we're I'm removing gonna, but, I'm going to pull in his, the next part of his, his article where he starts talking about like AI and chat oh, GPT. Oh, no, I mean, no, we haven't, we haven't hit the other, we haven't hit the other properties components. I, I well, I'm saying like, to your point though, like oh, we're in wave like, two. The hope, the hope is the, the hope, hope is, is right. So to, to, to your point right there, Seth, you said like the, the department would need to be massive to get all like to have an mm. entire team that's dedicated to all these. Yes, you're right. And self-service is going to outgrow like, if you if you give people central models and say go build your own stuff, they will outbuild a number of reports, and some of it will be valuable, and some of it won't be. But they're going to outbuild a central team any day because there's just more of them, just sheer volume. And so I think maybe the hope here is, you're right, a central team couldn't do this, but can we build things in a way that people can use ChatGPT or train models on top of our data that is actually helping us to some degree? But yeah, I'll give you the answer. I, right I think well, he's making well, he started making fun of it to some degree, right? Because, uh, like, you can't where it's at right now so far. Because, uh -huh. it's like, uh, I think there was like, there's going to be a major trough of disillusionment. Yes, exactly. We've yeah. talked about that widely before. implemented in BI, and three percent of its answers are egregiously incorrect. Yes, but sound great. It's fun and funny as a Google replacement, but any error rate at all is unacceptable for systems that have major business decision making impact. And exactly. Exactly right. But to your point, like, it, are you trivializing the amount of, like, the capabilities of AI if if you're pointing it back in the direction that we were just discussing, which is around the rooted area? If it's about, if it's about pointing AI at solving the problems of this decentralized data or, like, kind of within all these reports and understanding what's happening... And then solve like helping us solve the problem of how do you remap things because mm -hmm. technically that's what it like you'd be asking it to do. I want yeah. you to remap this thing because this is where the data should go for these different parts. What if and I that kind of kind of blows my mind because it's like hmm. Well, what if what if I mean so, so so to this point, I was in a Andrew Sitz was doing a user group session and he was talking about Databricks and he's talking about this new thing with Unity Catalog. Unity Catalog has this thing called query insights and what happens is databricks listens to the queries that are coming to any table that's in databricks and it tells you what is that insight what is that what, are, what queries are happening mm. unsightful information on top of what's coming to that table so yes right there's questions we'll be asking of our data yes we'll probably still have to model data but what if the ai could go through and listen to all of the data queries coming to our central models and make yeah. educated guesses around these columns or these people are hitting the model the most in these kinds of areas. And maybe, you know, again, I'm going real big mind here, right? What if AI could start pro producing to us like a heat map of what kind of data points are most valuable to the organization?
right? These tables, these columns are hit most frequently. Okay, maybe we should focus our efforts on designing things around that and asking these people what mm -hmm. they are doing with it, right? So finding what is most valuable and then starting from that position and then, you know, okay, stand on that hill and look around and see what we can build. Drawing, drawing usage, not just on a report, but the actual components yeah. within it that drive back to the lineage of where it's Yeah. I mean, AI is good at doing that kind of stuff, is looking at AI patterns and finding... Yeah, that, development. That would, uh, to me, that would feel way more valuable to throw AI at the retroactive looking back at what is valuable and what yeah. columns are being used as opposed to using AI to say, tell me what is, in, what is insightful. And this right? is the misconception with AI where they think it's going to replace our thinking. Where Don't it's think really so. Like, you do dev, help me with my dev and take a lot of that time off and allow yep. me to focus on more important things. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, we're ironically enough <laughs> hitting up on time here. So like, let's talk about the last two. Adaptable. In the forest or in a manicured lawn, a data tree adapts to and exists in harmony with its surroundings. Wave 3 tools are multi-cloud or on-prem. They support SQL and Python code and UI. They adapt <laughs> to their environment. No. No, no, blatantly no. wrong on this one, in my opinion. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't think Wave Three tools touch on prem. I don't think they're on prem either. I agree. It's dead. Like, yeah. and if your if your organization isn't full cloud right now, you're missing out because the the None capacity of the, the capacity by which you are able to develop and all of these new systems, including AI and the services that you can implement, like yes. Cost is something you have to be aware of and you have to hire people that know what they're doing in those environments. However, like, hmm, no. You're not, you're not, you're in, like, to pay for people to manage infrastructure is becoming a way of the past. You don't pay I, people I mean, to manage yeah. infrastructure anymore. Like, that used to be my argument, but at the same time, the pace of innovation. It's agreed. 100% agree. Like, we're hitting a new wave again. And, like, even within the last X number of years, like, just, you're you're missing out. You, if you are still sitting on prem, you are not going to be able to compete with organizations that are full cloud. You won't. Hundred percent agree. Moving on. <laughs> Resilient well, and self. Well, 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 hang on. I want a couple. Okay, sorry. Do you agree with the multi cloud approach? The multi cloud. I think uh, to some degree you can like there's there's capabilities within that already. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, is it seamless? Yeah, me, I would me. say, I would say, we we haven't encountered like major problems yet working across cloud. It's mm -hmm. cumbersome, but um, I mean, it's going to get better, I, I think. But like, on the like, you don't move where if you've been collecting data in a cloud, like let's call AWS versus Azure, right? Sure. If you look at all the three of them, the th the big three, those are your main three, right? right? They all have almost comparable systems. There's yep. almost and there's almost party tools that are in them. Correct. And like now there's now there's things like Databricks that spans all three of them, and right. you can have like the same notebook experience in any cloud you want. So like in in that respect, that to me feels like it could be multi-cloud. However, the downside I think of this when you think about multi-cloud is if you're not in each cloud, you will want to aggregate data to a high level and then move the aggregated data between cloud if you're doing things, because you don't want to remove all the raw data and store it twice. That yeah. seems wasteful. It, it is. And I don't like, I guess that's the part about multi-cloud I don't understand because like these, a, a cloud is going to be owned by an organization. And typically 
if you're if you're all in, you're you're typically all in on one service or another because there's cost savings there. That's what I'm saying, right? Like if if I'm and implementing it, a Wave three BI tool, it's it's not it, it to me it wouldn't have to serve the purpose of being capable across multiple different clouds because I mean I technically I agree. already extract data from those things. Exactly. So I don't know. It, I don't know. It, uh, every time I see people talking about we need to be multi-cloud or cloud agnostic type tooling, I in my mind, I'm thinking, I understand what you're saying. I think it's a good in concept. I don't think it's an economical solution. Sounds more like fear of missing out. Than I think, yeah. I, that's, it sounds like that's the buzzword. People are saying, oh yeah, we can be on any cloud. You can move anytime you want, but I'm not going to move yeah. 300 terabytes of data on a, on a whim. It, like a Saturday afternoon, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's just move to AWS now only, and we're going to move three. all this terabytes of data to a different mm -hmm. cloud. Only have three. <laughs> three. So did I say three terabytes or three hundred terabytes? Three hundred. Yeah. They yeah. they support SQL, Python, code, and UI. I think systems are already starting to do that. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like I agree. Agnostic, agnostic uh -huh. access, like using of different languages. For sure. And, for sure, SQL and Python with AI. This eventually just goes away, right? Sure, like an open source solution on GitHub. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that'll for your enterprise. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, good. I'm uh, done with that one. Sorry, the, those are the, the two points I want to have. No, 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 they were good. And the last one is resilient and self-healing. A healthy, a healthy data tree withstands the storm and heals any damage. Wave three tools require observability to alert when something is broken and proactively heal when possible. I need to know what Ryan meant from this because this is a pipe dream to me. No, but this is like to me this this goes hand in hand with rooted in my mind. Because if you're creating a cis rooted. Rid Rooted, rooted, I oh, got it. Rooted hand with you. Hand in rooted. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm with you now. Got it. <laughs> Just like we're done with the rooted word. <laughs> you know. Um, there are words that you guys mispronounce, and I might just yeah. like leave. As, leave it, I'll, I'll give you one. Real I'll, hard, Seth, real I'll hard. give you one, an easy one right now. It's, Sorry, it's water about, with a D. Water. I'm, ta I'm talking about like rooted, rooted so. and resilience and self healing okay. to me go hand in hand because you're talking about like the management of this massive ecosystem of wildly data metrics that there's nothing that exists to do that. And then this is basically a, a hand in hand with that saying, like, it needs to self-heal. Well, the systems that I would be saying, I'm analyzing or saying, go remap. Yeah, you go heal that somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're saying, I'm going to pick this metric and it's going to be the one that should be used everywhere. Go heal it, I guess, is the way I read this. Like what is... Well, here, here's how I would read healing yeah. itself, right? So imagine, imagine you're doing incremental refreshes throughout the day, right? Maybe you miss an incremental refresh or something like that, right? On weekends, you're able to say, blow away all the data for the week and do a clean refresh of a large, larger system, right? So you may miss certain things throughout the week and it, the system kind of self-heals itself to some degree. I, I'm also thinking about like, you have a system that's in production that's tracking insert updates and deletes. Your, your analytical system is now tracking those deletes as well. And you may not be getting it all aligned, but you're now having regular cadence on things that... Your, the process itself is able to correctly synchronize what's in transactional systems to what is in the BI and backup system. So that's how one thing I would think about healing. The other part I would probably point out here would be is thinking about healing in the terms of like an automatic retry, right? I tried to load the data. I couldn't. I'll try again in 30 minutes. Or I got halfway through my process and I'm going to pick up from where I left off as opposed to having to rerun the, the 10 or 15, you know, sub processes to get to where the step it failed right so it's going to be able to pick up where it left off 
retry again and and finish itself out stuff like that i think is what i'm seeing about healing there's probably better examples of that but that's what i think of initially tommy doesn't have any words on healing he's no, like i don't understand it's not that i don't understand i think that the oh. applications for you know what we do is either very incredibly minimal right now or i don't see a lot of features really growing from that there's a lot of pipe dreams but there's not a lot right now i think in terms of what we're doing or at least from everything that else goes in this conversation from the business user and departments that this is going to be a feature maybe in the devops or in data, data, ops. data. So that's where I was Maybe going. In data ops. This feels like data nothing, ops to me. But nothing in the data tree, nothing that we've talked about here. Well, like uh, observability and alerting, right? If you think about all the data you're getting from source system all the way through to the report, right? That data could fail at any one of those steps. It could sure. fail in raw. It could fail in, you know, bronze, silver, gold. It could fill, it could fail at the load between Power BI and the report. Like there's so many points of failure. Like there's not an easy way of seeing, like, where does the lineage come from from the report? all the way down to the original source and when a pipeline runs did it in fact notify you where it broke and where it fell down and fell apart I, I do think that's a part that we need to think more about as we think about like what data ops looks like in this new world of self-service I, I would just say at least from everything we're having the conversation on this is going to have the least amount of resources and investment on whether or not that's right I think that's just going to be the way it's going to be I think you're right. I think that in testing, <laughs> people don't spend, <laughs> everyone needs testing, but no one wants to spend yeah. money on it. Like, it's yeah. like, you could spend so much time building tests to make sure things well, are right, but. I don't think Microsoft's going to build out of the box solutions for this. No, they're going to look to third, they're going to look to the third party. I would 100% agree with you yeah. on that one. They're going to look to other people, third party solutions to build and figure out this stuff for you. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that statement. All day long. So one of the things I absolutely love about the article series so far is especially with this one it, it strikes a lot of chords right like and i love the i love the um kind of insights it's doing at poking at some of the big problems that we've talked about in different ways with power bi and the microsoft ecosystem and and kind of setting a framework by which i'm very interested in article three where uh he's he's prompting that uh he's saying that people are building parts of this stuff right now and i have high hopes i hope it's not like some of my high hopes around certain features within power bi sometimes automated um, automated <laughs> oh boy um, um but he he completes the article saying that there there are certain enterprises and some players that are close and his third article is going to kind of outline um what i would gather would be answers to this wave three um, kind of outline of different components. So it has been a fun ride so far. I will say that. And uh, if he ever does listen to us uh, chiming in, I'm sure he's calling us idiots all the way through. Here, <laughs> I'm sure going, he'd be like, so, I can't, sorely I can't wait, I can't wait to put this article out and show these guys how dumb they are. Well, maybe but we should let him know we're will, doing it. it we, we absolutely should. Um, but we'll, we'll have to do a, uh, a podcast on the article three when it comes out as well yeah i agree it's been it's been definitely very thought-provoking regardless yeah, yeah yeah i've i've loved it it's been a good thought exercise for sure all right so as we as we wrap here it's time for what does our <laughs> what let's does go <laughs> let's talk about our secret sauce so <laughs> so th this is this is uh chat gpt's answer so the question of the day is i asked chat gpt how is business intelligence like a growing tree oh so we'll see how 
Okay, you guys are going to be surprised by this. Right. I don't know if that's the right prompt. Oh, you don't think it's the right prompt? Okay, okay. Let me read the answer and you'll tell me if that's the right prompt. I could have prompted wrong. All right. Business intelligence can be paired to a growing tree in several ways. Strong roots. Just like a tree needs strong roots to grow and grow and thrive, business intelligence requires a strong foundation of accurate and relevant data. This data forms the basis of all insights and decision making. Ryan, Ryan, I know. Did, did you get this out of ChatGPT? <laughs> I think you ChatGPT this article. All right, number two. Okay, you ready? Number two, multiple branches. <laughs> okay, a tree grows. A tree grows multiple branches that spread out in different directions, each serving different purposes. Similarly, business intelligence has multiple branches or domains, such as data warehousing, data analysis, reporting, data visualization, each serving a different aspect of the organization. Okay. So a little bit different flavor okay. on, a little different take. I, I can't agree with that. I can, that's okay. Number three, this is interesting. Growth rings. A tree's ring's growth show its age and indicates periods of growth and dormancy. Similarly, business intelligence tracks the organization's growth over time, indicating areas of success and areas that need improvement. Hmm. That's something I, he could add. I was a good that one. That's something that he could add, yeah. And and there are growth times, rings. like if you, if you think about a growth tree, right? When there's a lot of water, the tree grows rapidly. The growth rings are further apart. When a tree is starved of water, when you're starved of capital or resources or whatever your growth slows and you're not growing as much year over year potentially so i thought that was a good analogy i like that one this one i really like pruning and shaping just as a tree needs pruning and shaping to grow into a strong and healthy structure business intelligence requires constant monitoring and adjustments to ensure that you're providing actionable and accurate insights I like that one. I'm gonna use this one. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> we got ourselves an article. We got a winner. <laughs> like when I go into work tomorrow, I'm like, uh, boss. Hey, I got a new analogy for you. We we. What, what sort of tree do we have here? What do we have like, here? Like, let's talk about this. All right, last last <laughs> one, number five, and this also this was another good one. Fruits of labor. A tree produces fruits that are enjoyed by many. Similarly, business intelligence produces insights that are shared throughout the organization and help drive strategic decision making i'm giving this one like an eight or nine dude this Out was seven this is a seven uh, or eight or nine or something on the high end there i think they did i think ChatGPT did a great job of picking out an analogy of a tree and business intelligence and pulling them together pretty well the creativity i'll get i'll give a high number yeah. six out of seven yeah. but overall i don't like the idea i'll give them giving it a three <laughs> wow wow <laughs> harsh I for for all of our chat GPT interactions thus far, I'm gonna give this a solid seven out of ten. Like, um, so in order, so Tommy, your comments here uh, inspired me. Um, so last thing, we should probably do a follow up on this one on a future episode. Our next question for Chat GPT should be: How is P how is business intelligent like a pizza? <laughs> for Tommy. <laughs> I got curious as you're talking, I'm like, how well does GPT know trees? So as you were talking, I put in, how's pizza like a growing tree? We'll say <laughs> that for another podcast. It's the same thing. <laughs> it has rings. It actually is kind of different. So uh, cool. Okay. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll do some more fun chat GPT things at the end there. We'll save uh, how is business, business intelligence like a pizza? Yes. Okay. Done. Or a calzone or, you know. Ooh. Whatever you want. 
<laughs> Tommy's mind is officially we'll blown, about, and we'll now he's hungry. Him. Tommy's gonna go eat something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your time today. Uh, this has been a fun episode talking about a great article. The article is in the description below if you want to follow along and read the article and, and think about what we're thinking or noodling through on this topic. Thank you all very much. We appreciate your listenership and we only ask of you uh, if you let us know what you thought about the article and give us some thoughts around what you liked uh, in addition to uh, our thoughts here. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe we were on point. Let us know uh, in the social media areas. Tell us what you thought about the article as well. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere it's available, Apple and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating. It helps us out a ton. If you want to join the community in the live chat, you can do so every Tuesday and Thursday at 7.30 a.m. Central. Follow all of Power BI Tips social channels and join us. All right. Excellent. Thank you all very much. We'll talk to you next time.